Hey guys, my name is Nora Franch and welcome to the podcast, Grateful Blessed Mess, daily reflections for those in the 12 steps. I am a fellow 12-stepper and certified mindset coach, and I am here to introduce you to the value of mindset coaching in your 12-step journey. So if you feel like you are stuck in the steps, if you're slipping and sliding with your abstinence, mindset coaching may help you as it did me, and you can find me at catholicmindsetcoaching.com. These episodes are meant to invite you in to consider the truths of 12-step wisdom and to join in the very real struggle of living them in action. I hope that it feels almost like a mini meeting, and I invite you to contribute your own share on the Grateful Blessedness Facebook group to keep the discussion going. My comments are based on my own experience, so feel free to take what you like and leave the rest. But my hope is to encourage you on your own daily 12-step journey. As they say, you cannot stay clean on yesterday's shower. So without further ado, let's begin. Okay, I was laughing at myself yesterday because I was going through old recordings and putting them together to actually, you know, have a cue for these to go out. And I realized that there was one of my daily readers that I have completely neglected uh, for a good chunk of time. And I think that it's hilarious because subconsciously, I bet I was trying to like protect myself from the lessons in it because it is the um, Melody Beattie language of letting go. And this is for people who have, you know, codependence issues, Al-Anon kind of things. And I'm finding that there's something I can connect to in many 12-step groups. And um, I know that there is a good strain in me of the codependent. And so I'm going to open it back up for all y'all. And we're going to read the reading for May 10th from Melody Beattie's The Language of Letting Go on page 130. Enjoying the good days. Good feelings can become a habitual part of our life. There is absolutely no virtue in the unnecessary suffering which many of us have felt for much of our life. We don't have to allow others to make us miserable, and we don't have to make ourselves miserable. A good day does not have to be the calm before the storm. That's an old way of thinking we learned in dysfunctional systems. In recovery, a good day or a good feeling doesn't mean we're in denial. We don't have to wreck our good times by obsessively searching for or creating a problem. Enjoying our good days doesn't mean we're being disloyal to loved ones who are having problems. We don't have to make ourselves feel guilty because other people aren't having a good day. We don't have to make ourselves miserable to be like them. They can have their day and their feelings. We can have ours. A good feeling is to be enjoyed, more than we can imagine. Good days are ours for the asking. Today, I will let myself enjoy what is good. I don't have to wreck my good day or good feeling. I don't have to let others spoil it either. And I feel my insides churning again (laughs) because of... How many of the things that I do that were listed here? So just like want to take a moment for myself to to take it in and um, let that settle. So I don't know where any of you are at today. <clears throat> and I think some people don't have the problems here listed, but I do. I resonate with pretty much every single one of them. And I know that, you know, maybe part of it comes from 
growing up a certain way and you you come up with certain you know protective mechanisms or just ways that you troubleshoot to kind of get through the day with the best tools that you have <clears throat> but the thing is is that then we carry them into adulthood and it's it's i've realized it's it's my responsibility now as an adult to look at these maladaptive ways of of adjusting to life or of, you know, like the lenses that I view things through, the expectations that I have that good things won't last. And this is too good. You know, what am I missing here? Where's the, when's the other shoe going to fall? What, you know, that, that hypervigilance that you hear about, excuse me. And I know that, that, that is a maladaptive way that I've come to show up for life. And it steals my joy. So I can see that, you know, it makes me, it takes me out of the present because now I'm afraid about when this is going to stop. It doesn't allow me to enjoy what is good in the now. And it makes it so that like nothing's ever good then. (laughs) Like if when things are good, I'm anticipating when they're bad. And then when they're bad, I'm like, yeah, this is horrible. That means I never have a good day. Like (laughs) if you really want to like see that all the way through. It's, it's sad. It's sad. And, and seeing it, it's a life that I don't want. I don't want to live that way. I can acknowledge that at least intellectually, even if I have these, sorry, these deeply ingrained patterns of showing up for life that, yeah, that allow me to, to really miss the good. And I know that my people who know me well, one person in particular, can will make fun of me sometimes and say I'm a glutton for punishment, you know, that that like you just like you you somehow like being miserable. It, she loves me, don't worry. Um but in a way it's comfortable for me. It's almost more comfortable for me to be to be going through something difficult than it is to rest in something good. And actually I like a hundred percent that is the way I view things. I am more comfortable. And I've even heard in like scientific research and stuff that that we when we are so used to something, when something is comfortable, even if it's something like miserable, because we're familiar with it, we do have some sort of release of like feel-good hormones, like you know, serotonin and dopamine. Because, and so that's almost why it becomes like if you're really ingrained in some way of thinking and you have decided that, oh, so-and-so always lets me down, that someone says, oh, no, I'm going to do things differently this time. And then you're like, okay. And then they don't, they don't do something different. You have this satisfaction in, aha, I told you so. I told you that you weren't going to be able to show up for me. I knew it. And there's this almost sick release of these feel-good hormones that come from the I told you so. And, you know, it's it's sad, but it also makes sense. And that also makes sense as to why it's so hard for us to let go of these really, really long-term habits and ways of thinking and anticipating how people will respond to you. Like, if you think you have a hard time making friends in social circles and then you show up 
And because you're already a little hesitant and fearful that this is hard for you, you know, you stay kind of quiet, you trip over your words a little bit, you say something kind of odd, <laughs> and then you're judging yourself. And then you just decide to like hang out by the coffee and you just, you know, you're just, you're antisocial into some capacity. And then afterwards you're like, see, I have a hard time making friends. This is what I do. This is what I do. I should never have gone like stupid, stupid, you know, I shouldn't have done this. What was I thinking? And there's a sense of satisfaction, whether you're aware, you know, you're probably not aware of it. We, we're not aware of it. This is why we need, we need groups. We need literature. We need a coach. We need someone to help draw us out of ourselves to be like, this is what you're doing here. Like, did you know that? And then once you know it, then it becomes like outside of you a little bit. Then it becomes something that you can decide whether or not you want to keep or discard. Do you see? It's so interesting. We just go about life and we have to. As kids, you know, we have to just decide certain things about the way the world is. Otherwise, we'll never be able to like walk out the front door. But then after a while, once we're in adulthood, it's an obligation. We don't know this. I don't think most of the world knows this. It's an obligation to then reflect on the assumptions you've made, the beliefs that you hold about the way the world is and the way people are and, and the way you are and the way that you've chosen to relate to it. It's a choice. We don't know it. We don't, we don't necessarily develop the pattern as a choice. But once we become aware of it, it is a choice whether or not we decide to continue in that way or not. And that's so much better. That's so much better than being a victim to the mindsets and the beliefs and the ways of seeing the world that we developed as a child when we just didn't know better. Okay, so I think we're going to start hearing a lot more from Melody Beaties because quite honestly, it's really hitting a chord with me, and I think it's something that I need to hear, and it's something that um, that I love <laughs> and that I've been neglecting uh, so far in the podcast. I think I only did a handful, if that. So, uh, love you all. With that, I pass. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you feel that mindset coaching could help you on your 12-step journey, please feel free to reach out and find me at catholicmindsetcoaching.com. But more than that, it's important to me to give listeners like yourself a place where you do not need to feel alone on your 12-step journey. And for that reason, I've created a Facebook group. It's called Grateful Blessed Mess. And it's a place where listeners can go to add their own commentary on the share for the day in addition to my own. And for us just to have a conversation or start a back and forth where people can find support in their 12-step journey. This is not a replacement for 12-step work. This is something outside of the 12 steps. It is simply something that has a heart for the 12 steps and those who are in it. And so welcome. If you are here, chances are you may also be a bit of a mess. And I hope that you can learn to find some gratitude in the blessings that have come from your messes.